right, Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. We are live, and we had a week off last week. Uh, a little bit of vacation time for everyone. But we're back. A lot of stuff going on in sports. Obviously, the Olympics are officially about to be underway. Everyone's excited. Alicia Carmelo Anthony singing uh, Vanessa Carlton, you know, songs. Uh, or should I say not singing Vanessa Carlton songs with the rest of his teammates. We'll definitely get into that in a minute. Uh, we also have, in baseball, the trade deadline is today. A lot of last-minute deals being sent through. Uh, I'm seeing, like, the Mets are uh, just in the process of making a deal. We don't know if it's finalized yet. We'll be checking in periodically throughout the day. But uh, we also have some deals that have been completed over the last couple of days. The Yankees did send Araldis Chapman to the Cubs for uh, a host of minor league players. I thought the Yankees did a great job with that deal. And then they also flipped their other closer, Andrew Miller, to the Cleveland Indians for uh, another great group of um, young players. So the Yankees have made a point that they are sellers and they are selling high and they are getting a lot of a lot of young, great talent that can help this team in the future and be in their minor league system. With that being said, uh, the Yankees are still in contention in the uh, American League wildcard race, even though they're dealing off their players. So um, there's something to be said about that. You have the Mets who are making deals as well. They're trying to do whatever they can to stay relevant within the NL East. And um, just real players in the wild card. They want to have another run like they did last year and get hot around this time. Everybody remembers with, with the big Cespedes trade that pretty much changed the club around completely. Do they have a chance to make that happen now? I'm not sure. It's going to be very, uh, very interesting to see how that works out. But uh, if you're a Mets fan, you have to feel optimistic about your team for the simple fact that you have a lot of injuries, but yet they still manage to squeak, squeak out some wins. What you are concerned about is uh, Jerry's familiar, who, you know, I'm not going to say I was a part of the bad luck, but he had this long streak of not blowing a save that was uh, recently snapped, and then he blew two back-to-back saves and, you know, cost two games for the Mets, two critical games when you look at it. Uh, just a uh, up-and-down up run so far for the Mets this year. A lot of people looking at Terry Collins, see if he can uh, make some things work here. Uh, you know, I've been hearing the thing about the trades about Jay Bruce. I've been hearing a lot about. We want to see if that's going to be finalized. Um, it's a lot of different things moving with that. Cleveland Indians are making moves. Like I just said, the Andrew Miller deal, picking him up. They had a, a deal in line for a catcher, um, uh, Luke Lucroy from the, from the Milwaukee Brewers, but he declined the deal because he has a no trade clause in his contract. So he can approve or deny any trade that he's involved with. So, he exercised his right, and he says no to the deal. So the Indians are still going to be looking for players. The Mets are still out there trying to see what they can salvage out, you know, in terms of their position within the NL East as well as the NL Wild Card. Because we are hitting, we're in August now. This is the first day of August. A lot of things are going to be up in the air. Also with the Mets, we're going to take a look back to uh, Saturday's festivities with the official jersey retirement ceremony of one Mike Piazza. Piazza finally gets his own rightful place, his own number retired, never to be worn again. Number 31 will never be worn again in a New York Mets uniform. He will have he had a retired uh, this past Saturday, a rainy day. Uh, gave a speech. You know, obviously he just recently went to the Hall of Fame. 
Uh, I'm going to play his uh, speech from the actual ceremony in terms of the Jersey retirement ceremony. I'll play that. And uh, I'll also take a look back at Ken Griffey Jr.'s Hall of Fame induction speech. And uh, just a you know a huge moment that was for him. He even turned the, the uh, backwards cap. That's what he was so signaturely known for back at his time playing in the 90s. So um, definitely just a great moment for baseball. And like I said, this is really when baseball shines everywhere because that's the only sport that's really going like this. Yes, we got the Olympics, but we're waiting for everything to kick off. But uh, baseball usually reigns supreme around this time. So we'll see how that goes. Speaking of the Olympics, you got both the Olympics men's and women's basketball teams both playing great ball, uh, running through their scrimmages pretty well. A lot of excitement for the men's team. They are really good. I mean, granted, they've been they've only beaten like Venezuela and um, and China, who are not real powerhouses right now. But uh, they just look like they're a team. They look very cohesive. Everybody's on the same page, and uh, there's something to be said about that. I look at that team and I say. They can win the gold. I'm not. I have no worries at all with them winning the gold. I, I understand we didn't have the Russell Westbrooks this year, the Steph Curry this year, but you know what? At the end of the day, this team has what it takes, and I, I just think they fit in so perfectly with the mold that Coach K always puts together. Uh, Jerry Colangelo, you talk about that whole, just that whole contingent with USA Basketball. They do a good job of putting the right players together. So. I like what I see so far. I think I like Carmelo's leadership. Anybody that questioned his leadership before, I think you have to look back to what he's done the last couple of months. The guy has been amazing both on and off the court. There's no other word to say. I mean, he's he's proven that he's a an elder statesman. Like, he's accepted that role as the, the you know, the old guy. I mean, and when I mean the old guy, I mean like the, the veteran leadership. For a player that has, you know, he's not really that old, but... It still gets looked at as the young, you know, just talented player that can score buckets. He started to show that he that he's a leader. And as a Knicks fan, I'm excited to see this because you're looking forward to a a real bounce back season with the the pieces put put around him. And uh, to see what he puts together, it, it should be very interesting. And we'll see. We'll definitely see. But uh, Team USA, both men and women's teams, look very good. And uh, they should have they should have their way with the competition in the Olympics this year. Speaking of the Knicks, Amari Stoudemire this past week retired. He uh, retired at the, at the 14 seasons. The guy has impressive numbers, let's be honest, but I would say the last four years of his career have been a bit of a wash because of injuries. Uh, you're talking about the all-star seasons he had with Phoenix. Uh, he had one all-star season with the Knicks, and yet he retired as a Nick. The question was, why? Well, apparently he was trying to go back with Phoenix to finish out his career, and the Suns weren't having it. So, it was. It comes off as petty, but at the same time, he does have a lot of love in New York, and he's always still come back. You know, come back here since his last two years. He uh, said that you go to where you're wanted, and he felt like the Knicks organization wanted him and they uh, treated him right, and that's really what it came down to. You go where you wanted, you go where you loved. Uh, Phoenix didn't step up, I guess, in regards to him, and uh, he took it personally. He's still going to play basketball. He just retired from the NBA, but he's still going to play in uh, Jerusalem in the uh, in that league over there. So, you know, the guy, I, I can't blame I can't knock him at all for doing that. He said, you know, my NBA career is over, but I still have some some love for the game in me. I can't compete at the, at the level of these NBA players now. Like, if I do compete, I'm just going to be a guy that's going to be a 13th man on the roster. That's, that's the way he's probably looking at it. 
he maybe is the easier competition in Jerusalem. He still gets to make money. He still gets to play basketball. And he doesn't leave anything open to coming back with the NBA. He says, I'm done in the NBA. I got to respect that. Got to respect that situation. So we should see. We, we really should see a lot more players do that. You know, and I understand the whole taking control of your destiny. But if a team didn't want you, and I, and I really do believe he wanted to finish his career in Phoenix and let everything be full circle, it, it had to take that personal with the Suns just kind of like pushing him away. But we'll see. We should see how that whole thing works out for Amari. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to have a job in the Knicks front office. They, they're probably working on that. And um, it's it's going to be a uh, transition for him. You know, the guy's only 32 years old. So I didn't see him, like, stop playing basketball completely. He's not that old. You know, it's it's just the reality. Also, we've had an uh, interesting first week. If you talk about for WWE and and their new brand extension and the, and the whole switch up and the split, Raw and SmackDown this past week were very different. Obviously, I'm looking forward to Raw tonight and SmackDown tomorrow night because it, the, the results were so obscure, so random, that you as a casual fan have to just be like, you know what? I gotta watch this. I gotta take I gotta take some some like interest in this now because it's not all ultimately we know it's predetermined, but it's not so obvious anymore. Dolph Ziggler being in the in the main event, I believe, at SummerSlam now. Going for a world title. The guy was a jobber for three years. Talk about a huge uh huge twist to the plot line i liked it i like how john cena is now kind of taking on a role as a jobber and for everybody that doesn't know what jobber is it's basically a guy that's going into the ring to make the other star look good kind of to help to enhance the other talent so they take the losses they you know they, they just put on good matches but ultimately lose and you know dolph ziggler did that for about three years cena's been doing it now for about a year and a half it feels like and it's really helped because now there's more there's more parity within WWE and both SmackDown, Raw. It, it it causes now for more excitement because these guys aren't beating themselves up by doing multiple shows a week. Now at most sometimes they'll do one or two shows a week, um, whether it's a live show or it's just a TV taping. And well, not live. There's no taping anymore. It's live. There, uh, I think it's really a good thing going on right now with. Um, with WWE, so you gotta respect it. Gotta respect it. As always, take your phone calls. 516-900-2278. Gonna be talking Olympics. We're gonna be talking all the baseball trade talk because it's a lot of it. And I, like I said, I'm trying to really get an understanding of it. I'm, I'm a Yankees fan. I'm happy with the selling. I think we should continue to do our Herb Brian McCann, maybe a guy on the move as well. Let's do it. We gotta get younger. This is a team here that has to get younger. Has a lot of talent in the minor leagues now. With just two trades, we, we add more talent to that minor league roster. It's time. It is time. We cannot keep putting tape and and patching up little holes to hope that yeah we'll sneak into the playoffs this year. We may you know do this. Our job is to win championships. That's if you're a Yankee fan, that's all you care about. You're not caring about, oh, we made the playoffs. Like, that's supposed to make us excited. That's not it. It's about winning. Period. It's all about winning. 
So I hope that that really comes to fruition and we'll see that. That these trades do go down and the Yankees continue to add pieces to a roster that just it just needs it. Bottom line, they need it. And um, we're going to see how that happens. Um, but we'll talk more trades. I'm going to look up to see any more deals that went down the past hour or so. I've been hearing about this Mets and, and uh, Reds deal. I'm trying to see if there's any type of um, finalization of that. So we'll come back with that. Um, but as well as the Mike Piazza ceremony from this past Saturday's Jersey retirement. Just uh, excitement. A lot of excitement going on. This is sports. This is the summer. You know, football. Football starts this Sunday, people. Football starts this Sunday. I'm excited. And I'm pretty sure everyone else out there is excited. Football starts this Sunday. Hall of Fame game. Yes, it's not really the game that no every, anyone's interested in doing. It's a nice tease to let you know that, yes, football is on the horizon. But come on. Football's back. Everybody's at training camp. This Sunday, first football game of the year. What work can you ask for? That's it. We'll definitely see how that goes. Once again, 516-900-2278 is the phone number. Give us a, give me a call up. Let me know what you think about these trades. How do you feel about football season kicking off? A lot of things going on. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM.
Congratulations, Mike. City Field is all yours. Thank you. Thank you. all you guys. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. First and foremost, I want to thank the good Lord for stopping the rain. And with all due respect to Tom Hanks, there is crying in baseball. Tell you what, did you guys enjoy Cooperstown as much as I did? I want you to know one thing. The unofficial theme of my speech was that no one goes into the Hall of Fame alone. Each and every one of you is in there with me. Thank you. You guys know my family by now. They're your family. We are your family. I truly and sincerely want to thank Fred and Jeff Wilpon from the Mets for treating me so, no, no, hey, let me tell you, I'm a team owner now, and it's really difficult, so nobody wants to win more than them, they've been incredible to me and my family, and I thank you, thank you, Fred and Jeff, thank you, God bless you guys. My teammates, Mipana, Al, Johnny, everyone else that was in my story. There's not a day goes by that I miss you guys. And I tell these guys over here and those guys over there, enjoy your career. It goes by way too quickly. back 
and say a special thanks to Steve Phillips for making the trade to bring me to New York. And Johnny for giving me his number, as I said. I think I better get going so we could try and get this game in tonight. No? <laughs> you want to hang out for a while? God bless you guys. Thank you. I want to say just a little bit of what it means to have my number retired for this great franchise and for you amazing fans. That means I will always be with you. So every time these guys are down and you need a little bit of inspiration, just give a little peek up there to old Mikey. And know that I'm back home watching you guys on TV, saying a lot of prayers, praying for the Mets. <laughs> and listening on the radio, Howie. Sorry about that. I truly love all you guys. And I just want you to know, you have given me an honor that no man deserves and no player deserves. And I think about all that we went through and all we lived through from the beginning to the end. And today, it's a new beginning. And I look forward again to coming back many, many years. God bless you guys. God bless your families. And let's go Mets! All right, that was Mike Piazza giving his speech this past Saturday on the field, talking about his career with the uh, New York Mets and his jersey retirement. It was just amazing uh, an amazing sight. I mean, the guy really showed like his love for New York City, love for the Mets, and uh, it was during it was pretty much in the rain, so that's why it was kind of abbreviated. But uh, he definitely, you know, he gave the fans everything they wanted. They didn't want him to leave the field. Uh, just a, a class act his entire career, and uh, some of the people that were on the field with him: Cliff Floyd, John Franco. Uh, you saw Howie Rose was there as well, Gardo Alfonso. Just uh, all the stuff that he meant to them, and we're going to hear a little bit more comments. But uh, here's some more from uh, Mr. Piazza himself. This is during the uh, press, the uh, post-press conference of his uh, Jersey retirement. It's been euphoric. I mean, I've been so blessed, and I think it's important to really thank, you know, Fred, Jeff, and the Mets. They were amazing. Lorraine with uh, the planning, you know, bringing – family and friends in um you know they were they were just great i mean just as soon as the vote came out jeff was on a plane he came down to my home in miami and broke bread and said we want to do this um 
and uh, you know maybe it's better. You know we just kind of just barrel through because of the haul, and uh, maybe it would have been a little tougher to, to to reload in the fall. But it's exciting. Obviously the weather looks a little iffy, but um, it doesn't matter. Can you describe your connection with the fans? Can I describe it? I, I can't. It's it's something that I think defies any explanation, the way they've embraced me and my family. Um, it's, it's so heartfelt. And, I mean, I think it kind of started, believe it or not, I think the last pitch at Shea, in a way. I remember going into the stadium, and, and the energy was, was so euphoric. And obviously being having privilege to catch the last pitch from Tom Seaver. And, I mean, again, I... I Maybe it's a culmination of a lot of things, just, just, just my journey here and um, the struggle in the beginning and, and staying here and embracing the city. And, and uh, it's just been wonderful. I mean, I can't really describe it. So naturally, when, when I was voted in, it, it really, there wasn't even, I kind of tried to keep it a little bit of a secret, but I didn't do a good job. You know, it was always going to be the Mets. Um, what's it like to be here uh, with the, the names that are retired here, a smaller group, uh, Stengel, Hodges, and Tom Seaver? Well, I mean, I think it's, um, it just shows the exclusivity of the club. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, Tom, obviously, the franchise, and, and you know, Casey, and as you said, Jill, with the, with the history. I, I think it's 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 tremendous honor, and I think, you know, every team has maybe a little bit different philosophy on retiring numbers. Uh, so I think it's great that the, the Mets keep it very, um, very um, exclusive. So that's even that much more um, special. Uh, so it's, it's a great, it's a wonderful club. And it's special to me. I mean, symbolically for me as well. I mean, my son is here. And, uh, you know, maybe when he's too young now to kind of realize, but it's going to be fun to take him a game here and say, Say, hey, you know, your dad was cool once. <laughs> you may not believe it now, but I was. So that's, that's I mean, it's going to be up there, you know, forever. And it's just, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. And as I said, you just start to think about how blessed, you know, truly I am. All right. So that was his um, talking to the media in regards to making the whole Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza just, you know, is a... Uh, his entire career was pretty interesting, and, and one thing I liked from his speech was he brought up the Wilpons, who are probably the most hated ownership group, probably more than the Dolans with the Knicks, just because of the fact the uh, team always felt like they needed more from just the, um, you know, whether it's spending money on players, making right trades, or just anything to help build this franchise up, because there's been a lot of struggles with the Mets uh, last year, making the World Series was such a huge deal because this is a team that's stayed at the bottom of the NL East, bottom of the National League for years. And I uh, finally see things pay off for them. So Piazza going out there being very classy, thanking the Will Ponds for uh, bringing him in and just, you know, getting his career going the way he wanted to. So you, you got to respect that. Like I said, very classy uh, gesture, you know. So it's uh, it, it's not, that much, not really much else you can put in the words there just thought it was a great job by the Mets and just recognizing one of the more iconic players in baseball the greatest hitting catcher of all time uh, in terms of home runs I think he has about 300 plus home runs as a catcher uh, that's ridiculous if you know the wear and tear that goes on with that
and uh, it's it's definitely a, uh, a something to think about. Just uh, something to think about. But um, here's uh, actually some more thoughts from a former teammate of Mike Piazza. This is Fonzie himself, Edgardo Alfonso, talking. This was in between the game between the Rockies and the Mets this past Saturday. His impact with the Mets. We're talking uh, Mike Piazza's impact from uh, Edgardo Alfonso. Part of that first game back after 9-11 is standing by with Steve Gelb. Steve? That's right, Gary, here with Edgardo Alfonso, one of three teammates also with Mike Piazza up there today as he got his number retired. And Edgardo, uh, we were just showing some images, first of all, from that game on September 21st, 2001. What do you remember about that night and specifically that home run that Piazza hit? I remember I got on. I got on for him. <laughs> no, I remember the, that was a great game. I mean, we just, we just um, you know, after everything happened here, uh, we just come, we just come into uh, to uh, Shea Stadium, and and uh, you know, uh, at the beginning it was like a, a, a sad moment, you know, for, for for a moment there, and then uh, I remember then then my bat there, I try to do whatever I can to get on base because every time we get in that situation, we always want the big guys coming up, so that was my and then um, I work on the count. I work out pretty good. Wait for, be patient on my, my pitch, and I, I end up to uh, to get a walk, and then that, that was great. I mean, I, I watched I watched that game from from the dugout. I watched the Maya my, my bat from the dugout because uh, I got pinch runner for Desi uh, uh, Relifer was my, my pinch runner, and then uh, I was so happy. I mean, it was it was a great moment after my hit that ball. It was great. Mike Piazza is known for for coming through in moments like that. Uh, were you at all surprised by him coming through in that particular moment, or, or had he done so many big things in the past that it just seemed like another notch on his belt? No, I think I think yeah, I mean, like, like I was thinking about it, is to to get him in that position to again coming through to to be the guy because he always I always do that, and uh, and uh, he always he's the guy who's coming in the tough situation, and that's the guy you want to have in the home play in the tough situation. And he did. I mean, he did that. So um, I was so happy he can he can hit the ball out of the ballpark and give you soon uh, New York fans the, the victory. I think it was great. Edgardo, what was he like as a teammate? Um, he was a quiet, <laughs> quiet guy. But um, what I like by Mike is um, he always likes to speak Spanish. He likes to try to speak Spanish, believe it or not. But um, he's uh, he's a guy who um, you talk to him, he will talk to you. Uh, a superstar is Mike is. Um, you just, you just. Uh, I mean, every time we come into um, and the airplane, he always sit behind me or in front of me, and he always play with the drums. You know, he got drumstick. He always playing, and I was sleeping in, and, and I feel like he playing with uh, with the drums, and 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 it's fun. I mean, that guy was it was something else, and then um, and then I feel so happy to um, to be in, in the Hall of Fame, and I, I'm so proud to play with Mike and and uh, you know spend time with him. How did he transform that team when he came here in 1998? Big time. I think it was big time. We uh, we were so desperate to uh, to get a big back in the lineup, and I think when he came to uh, New York, it was uh, it was big different in the lineup. But by then, and then um, you know, like I said before, I was believe Mike Piazza coming to the Mets when I see it. So every everybody was uh, rumor about it, like Mike's coming, Mike's coming. But I would say when I see it, I believe. So. He made big impact in New York, and especially our lineup was great. 
Egardo, when you and Mike get together and reminisce, and maybe even today when you got together and reminisce, what is the one moment that always seems to come up, the one moment from your Mets time together? Well, we don't have really one. We have many, many. And every time we, we just, you know, we, we just talk about family things, about, about um, things in Venezuela, things in Italy, things in New York, or whatever, stuff like that. But um, I always, I always, we always talk about like when I'm be the guy. When when I go into the home plate, I always want Mike to be the guy. And Mike say when he missed, he want me to be the guy. So so you know it's back and forth. But I think um, uh, no, the, the relation we have back then it was great. So so I think it's um, I think Mike is one of the guys that you always you always look up to him, and and he he proved. When he coming to New York, and now we'd uh, be in the Hall of Fame, due to the Hall of Fame. Gardo, it was a, a great night and great catching up with you. Great seeing you out here. Thanks for a few minutes. That was Gardo Alfonso giving his thoughts during the uh, Mets-Rockies game. The same day, Mike Piazza night, they retired his jersey. And just to let you know the impact that Piazza still has on the league and on the Mets, for example, there was bobblehead day, I, I believe, yesterday. There was a line starting at 10 in the morning. The, the game didn't open. The game didn't start till 1. But there was a line starting at 10 o'clock in the morning just to get a Mike Piazza bobblehead. Th- that's how serious it was. So uh, for Mets, you know, uh, <laughs> you really got to put that in perspective. That's just the, the power that he had. And um, just the, the Mets fans, you know, really showed their love for Piazza and uh, everything that he did for him in his career. Obviously, the one World Series appearance, they didn't win it against the Yankees. But uh, just the memories, the September the, the September 11th, post-September 11th home run that took place on the 21st, only 10 days later, uh, is still one of the most iconic moments in sports history, not just baseball, not just Mets history, sports history. Uh, there's just some, there's so much to be said about that and um, what he's meant to the game of uh, baseball and just just in general, just for the, being the type of person he was, the humility, and um, seeing the fact that he was, I think, like a crazy 60-something round pick from the Dodgers, becoming a huge, like uh, just a huge star. And uh, that's that's really what you can expect. I mean, the guy was definitely a, a Hall of Famer from day one, hard work. Um, you never hear anything bad, too bad about him. I'm, I'm still trying to find bad things to hear about Piazza besides the fact that Fielding-wise, he didn't have a great arm to throw anybody out as a catcher, but he was never supposed to be a catcher to begin with. I heard he was a first baseman that converted to the converted the catcher in order to break into the lineup. So just a, uh, like I said, just an amazing career, hard worker, made it work for himself, and now he's a Hall of Famer and his jersey's retired by the New York Mets. That's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty cool. You can't go wrong with that. Um, speaking of pretty cool, we're going to go and uh, take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk Ken Griffey Jr. and actually relive his moment in the uh, Hall of Fame, his actual induction speech. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM.
I met Eddie when I was 12. And it was in the backfields in Fort Lauderdale. 
And my dad introduced me as, this is one of the hardest switch hitting guys in baseball. I stuck my hand out and he shook it. And he didn't smile. See, Eddie had a beard, a goatee, and a fro. And we're, as we're walking off, I asked my dad, does he smile? My dad replied back, he did smile. He is smiling. <laughs> and I turn around and I look back at my dad and I go, I hate to see him mad. <laughs> we have Randy Johnson. Now, every lefty wanted to take a day off when he pitched. Even we did. But you guys think it was bad. We had to face him when he had no control in spring training. <laughs> Today, I've got more friends. Alvin Davis, Harold Reynolds, Dave Valley, Jeffrey Leonard, Mickey Brantley, Darnell Coles, Chili Davis, and Kirby Puckett. These guys were like my big brothers. They took me out to lunch and dinner made me share rides with them in the cab and drill me on life problems. The only problem is, is you tell me what 19-year-old in the big leagues has life problems. <laughs> then we have Jay Buhner. as we refer to each other is our brother from a different mother. He was the greatest teammate I ever had. A guy that gave you everything on the field and a guy that spoke the truth even though you didn't want to hear it. And I love you for that. Looking back, I got to do and say things that have never been said. I got a chance to play with my dad. I got to yell at him and tell him to get a hit. And in baseball, there's certain things of, you can call somebody a fossil, gray beard, grandpa, dad, pops, but I got a chance to say it and mean it. We had back-to-back -back home runs. <clears throat> We're the first father and son. We're the first father and son to win MVPs in an All-Star game. Hitting the warehouse in Baltimore. Winning a home run derby in Pittsburgh in my home state. The 95 series. Randy Johnson's no-hitter. Jay Buhner hitting for the cycle. And Edgar Martinez winning his first batting title. And yes, he belongs in the hall. And there's Barry Larkin, who at the time, I was in the clubhouse when he hit his first Grand Slam, getting hot chocolate. But I've known his family all his, slow down. I've known his family since I was 12. His younger brother, Byron, took care of me 
as a freshman. And then I had to take care of his younger brother, Stephen. I want to thank them for being opening up their homes and making me who I am today. I got to play this game for 22 years, and I wouldn't trade it in for anything. I spent eight years with the Reds. I got to put on the same uniform as my dad, run around the same outfield. I got a front row seat to the greatest team ever assembled, the 1975 and 76 Reds. As a member of the Reds, I was often teased by my teammates saying that my dad played for the big red machine and you're the engineer to the little red caboose. <laughs> Chicago White Sox. Got a chance to be in a pennant race and play meaningful games day in and day out. What else can you ask for from a player? Thank you. Thirteen years with the Seattle Mariners. From the day I got drafted to my first at bat in the Kingdom to the 95 playoffs. To my first trip back to Seattle as a member of the Reds and then my return to Seattle in 2009 to my retirement in 2010. Seattle, Washington has been a big part of my life. There are so many things, great things that I could talk about, but we'd be here all day. But I'm gonna leave you with one thing. Out of my 22 years, I learned that only one team will treat you I learned that one team will treat you the best, and that's your first team. I'm damn proud to be a Seattle Mariners. The, the two misconceptions of me are, I didn't work hard, and, I made, and everything I made look easy. Just because I made it look easy doesn't mean that it was. And you don't work hard and become a Hall of Famer by not working, in, working day in and day out. I want to thank my family, my friends, the fans, the Reds, the White Sox, and the Mariners for making this kid dream come true. Kay Griffey Jr. getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, showing his speech. I uh, just want to get some of the end of it. And uh, what he did at the end was actually use, he took out a cap and um, brought out the back. He just flipped it around backwards. That was kind of like his hallmark, his uh, his uh, signature thing when he uh, played. Even like in home run derbies, you would always see him in batting practice, have the backwards cap, 
he made it cool, something as simple as that just made it really cool to um, play baseball even more. And um, for what he did for 22 years in baseball is ridiculous. I mean, the numbers are um, it just they're amazing. Not juiced up. There are no allegations of steroids or any type of performance enhancement drugs. He's He's been the real deal. And uh, I, I can honestly say personally that's one of my favorite players. And one of the reasons why I started watching and wanting to play baseball was Ken Griffey Jr. along with Derek Jeter. So uh, it was it's really cool to see him go in. And um, I still think he should have got 100% of the vote, but things happened. Just a uh, um, an amazing career. An amazing career that I don't see really can be matched for a while. Uh, there are a lot of great young players, but just some of the stuff that uh, Griffey used to do, I mean, from the amazing catches, the clutch home runs, uh, winning back-to-back home run derbies, it's just things like that you don't see anymore. And uh, I know I'm, it sounds like I'm on my, uh, you know, on my soapbox, but uh, that's that's just what I miss about certain times, like with the old with, with sports back in like the '80s and '90s. So much grit, so much like desire to win, and uh, that's a huge deal. That is a really huge deal. So, once again, congratulations to him, man. Just just a great job. King Griffey Jr. is a Hall of Famer. What we're going to do is uh, step aside, take a break, and uh, just remind everybody, once again, 516-900-2278 is the number. Uh, Just call me up with your thoughts on just anything going on in sports as well as, you know, the trade deadline. I'm still checking in once we start the 2 o'clock hour. I'm going through all any trades that may have come through. We're also going to talk Carmelo not being too excited on the plane while the rest of his teammates started singing, uh, you know, I'll walk a million miles. I don't know the song that well, but uh, we're going to discuss that and uh, some more things because the Olympics are right around the corner. You are listening to Sports Social with Eason here on Soundcast FM.
Riding in the car with Jimmy Butler. This is shit you hear. a special mix of music that was our u.s men's basketball team singing on various clips from different um instagram accounts snapchats uh a lot of it's from draymond green 
from Kyrie Irving, and uh, I think the other one's DeMar DeRozan, of them on the plane singing a, a bunch of different songs there. Uh, what could I say? I mean, it was they're having a good time. They're going to different cities now. They're finishing up their tour in terms of, like, exhibition games and getting ready for the actual Olympics. Um, it, the funny thing about it, Melo did not want any part of it. You saw him, for the most part, in every video just wanting to be left alone. Um, it, it just, it honestly, it showed his age. Him being the elder statesman on the team, and you got a bunch of young guys in there, like, younger than 25 years old just together and uh, singing and doing all these different things on the plane when he's probably used to just sleeping and being all business-like. So it was too funny to have to view that. So that was uh, a pretty much a big hit for Saturday night. I believe the first video started coming coming around. They, uh, they The U.S. men's team is actually in action tonight against Nigeria. That's going to be on NBA TV, so uh, people could check that out. One of the interesting things about Team USA so far is the just the the level of um of just attention to detail. I feel like this team has not making a lot of bad turnovers. Granted, they're playing against China. They played against Venezuela. They're playing Nigeria tonight. Same Nigeria team they beat by uh, I think almost like eighty points or something. It was a ridiculous beatdown in the Olympics about four years ago. So uh, I like I like the way this team is shaped up and what they have to bring. But uh, they have a, like I said, they have another test tonight against Nigeria just to, to tune everything up. I think they are going to get gold this year. I'm not too afraid of Spain. Spain does, however, have a, um, they have the same like unit that they usually bring out: Calderon, Marcus I don't know if Abak is on this year's team. I know he was in the past. Well, Marcus actually is not on there. Palgasol is on there. So it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. I don't know. I don't know how this is. I don't know how this is going to go in regards to uh, the breakdowns. I got to check the pool play. Um, I know in the women's they're they're also the favorites. So I, I would be really surprised if I see either team take a loss during the Olympics in Rio and uh, everything that's going on down there. So once again, Team USA takes on Nigeria tonight. Uh, just want to um, switch gears a little bit and take a little bit of an update of what's going on in baseball. We are about two hours away from the trade deadline, and uh, Twitter is starting to go crazy with these deals. Uh, we're seeing a uh, possible trade in the works with uh, Luis Castillo back to the Marlins for Colin Ray. This is this is a, uh, a possible trade in terms of the Padres and the Marlins right now. So we're definitely trying to see if this is going to happen. Another deal in the works we said earlier, this has to do with the uh, New York Mets and the Cincinnati Reds, Jay Bruce, and we're hearing that the uh, the trade is not official yet. Clubs have not confirmed anything. There's supposed to be Bruce going to the New York Mets, which would be a huge trade for the Mets, needing more outfield help, apparently. And Nemo is the uh, outfielder that will be going back to the uh, Cincinnati Reds, 23-year-old outfielder. He's the Mets' number five prospect. Has played a little bit this year with the big team. So uh, it's going to be uh, – it's definitely going to be interesting to see what the Mets do. Do they plan on – how they plan on shaping up their lineup. Different options there in the outfield. They still have Jose Reyes. Do they plan on keeping him? Um, I know Cabrera just went down with an injury. So that's going to be a cause for concern moving forward with this team. Also – 
with uh, Bruce. You don't know what he can bring. He has 233 career home runs. Uh, this guy could be the, the change. They, they're hoping he could be like another uh, Cespedes type of uh, situation. But we're still waiting information on if that can even go down. Could this team be on the same page and try to make this work? I, I don't know. Uh, we're hearing some more deals that have just come in. The Dodgers have acquired Rich Hill, Josh Reddick from the Athletics for three minor league prospects. Rich Hill, a uh, left-handed pitcher, and uh, Josh Reddick is an outfielder. Both from the Oakland Athletics are going to the Dodgers. You got that situation. Um, like I said, more deals are coming in. 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern time is the trade deadline. We also have the Red Sox have made a deal. They have acquired left-handed pitcher Fernando Abad from the Minnesota Twins for their number 14 prospect and right-handed pitcher Pat Light. That is one deal that is confirmed. Um, they're still coming in, like I said, waiting on more trades to come through. I can expect a lot more within this hour because 4 p.m. Eastern is the trade deadline. Chris Sale's name has popped up plenty of times. Carlos Beltran's name is still out there. Yankees are still trying to move him. We're trying to see who else could be on the move as well. If Chris Sale moves, it's got to be because of his uh, his relationship with the ownership. He, the guy's a uh, top-notch pitcher, all-star, perennial. If he's not happy with the organization, we all know he had the uh, situation last week in which he cut up his uniform because he refused to wear throwback uniforms. He was sent home by the team and suspended for five games. What will happen with that are the White Sox willing to deal away their ace just because of a misunderstanding this is a this could be the that could be the deal okay we now have more information apparently the athletics have acquired Grant Holmes Frank Frankie Montez Gerald Canton from the Dodgers in in exchange for Rich Hill and Josh Reddick so we do know the names of the prospects these are all pitchers, all right-handed pitchers acquired by the Athletics, they are starting to bolster up their future bullpen and starting rotations. Plenty of more deals waiting to come in. And as always, feel free to call up and uh, let me know how you feel. If you're a Mets fan, if you're a Yankees fan, it's this is the crazy time right now. I'm going to be literally back and forth trying to see if I can get all the information in, in regards to what's going on with these teams and how they uh, plan on doing it. And just a uh, reminder for everyone, the Yankees and Mets have a Subway Series game going on tonight in City Field. So if everybody going out to City Field tonight, hopefully the weather holds up. It's been a rainy last couple of days. It's always fun to have Mets and Yankees fans converge together here on a Monday. How about that? On Monday, you're going to have Yankees versus Mets. So a lot of fun for everyone to check out. That'll be going on in City Field at around 7 o'clock tonight. Want to see if the Mets are going to have a different team. Assuming this Jay Bruce deal goes down, you can never automatically assume a trade is going to go through, as we learned yesterday with the trade with the Indians trying to acquire the um, catcher, Lucroy, because he has a no-trade clause in his contract, decided to go against it. That's not a team he wanted to be traded to. It's a uh, definitely a uh, process. You have to go through all the all the different channels. I mean, there's no guarantee with these trades. But there is also one guarantee, and you kind of have to thank the uh, U.S. basketball team for this, for the simple fact that now, even more than ever, people are talking about Vanessa Carlton. So her sales are going to go through the roof. I'm just saying, Vanessa Carlton's sales are going to go through the roof even more. This song, uh, it's just, of all songs to sing, this is the one they decided to sing. And how about I just jump right into it? 
You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Southcast FM. Making my way downtown, walking fast, faces pass and I'm homebound. Staring blankly ahead, just making my way, making my way through the crowd. And I need you, and I miss you. Lead 
as we welcome you to USA Basketball Halftime presented by Verizon, red, white, and blue. A balanced first half attack. Kyrie Irving, the only player in double figures, second half to come in just a moment. We welcome you inside the United Center where they've got a new guy that'll be wearing a Bulls jersey this year. <laughs> Dwayne Wade, welcome home. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. It feels good to be home. Press conference today, finally meet the Chicago media. Yeah. I heard you got introduced one by one to everybody, asked for their names. <laughs> What's it like now, as you said, a dream come true to play yeah. for the team you grew up watching? Yeah, man, it's, it's surreal. You know, obviously, I... I I've had opportunities where, you know, being a free agent in 2010, where it was a possibility, uh, but being able to team up with, with CB, uh, CB, CB and Brian, I couldn't, I couldn't pass that up. But uh, I never, I never thought I'd be back in this situation, and I found myself back here this summer, and uh, I couldn't pass up on the opportunity to come back home and play in front of my, my hometown and a place I've always dreamed of playing. So. Uh, my career has just been great, and this is another journey, another step in that journey. Yeah, three-time champion, have a chance now to come and play the team you watch. Is it weird seeing that jersey and that it's yours? Uh, I'm getting more used to it now. Yeah. You know, I've uh, I've envisioned it a lot. You know, yeah. when I was a kid, and like I told him in 2010, I actually put the jersey on and like took a picture, and I erased it. But but iCloud, where yeah, is but, it? Yeah, it still but exists. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I'm, I'm getting used to it. I mean, they've been they've. I've been, I was in Miami for 13 years, so it's going to take a while for me to really, you know, get into the groove of everything, but everyone is doing an amazing job of making me feel warm and welcome. You, you're a pro at these press conferences, albeit the first time you've had to do it for a new team, but yeah. you went out of your way to, to declare a couple of different things today. Number one, first and foremost, that this is Jimmy Butler's team. Why was it important to make that statement today? Well, I just know how it goes. You know, all year the tug and pull, you know, of it being a conversation. And we don't we don't need any extra outside noise, you know, with the team that that doesn't need to be there. You know, we all gonna do our job on this team to make it successful. But we're coming to his team. You know, the Chicago is Jimmy Butler's team. Myself and Rondo, we're putting ourselves in this situation to bring our talents to help him and help his organization win. So it's it's his show, man. We're here to help him become great. Many people asking about the style of play that seems to be a, a, a hot topic yeah. in the NBA the last couple of years. Yeah. And Fred Hoiberg last year in his first in Chicago talked so much about space and pace, getting up and down the court, shooting threes. Yeah. And now the person on this roster doesn't seem like it fits what he had been preaching last season. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a different, this is a different time, this is a different team. You know, what he preached last season, what he wanted, I mean, that's where the league was going. Every team in preseason wanted to play that way. We yeah. wanted to play that way. You get into the season sometime, and then real real life set in. Like, okay, we don't have the personnel to play like Golden State or like Houston. So you have to play within your personnel. So that's what coach will do. We will play within our personnel. We got we got players that know how to play the game of basketball. We didn't got guys that's going to shoot from 50 feet, but we got guys that know how to play and that's going to put the ball in the basket, and we got to figure out the best game for us. A couple of years ago, I think it was right when you returned to Miami with LeBron and Chris Bosh, you went out of your way to stop shooting threes. Today yeah. you said you still can shoot the three. We saw it against Charlotte in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to see a more conscious three-point shooter? I, I don't. I can't say yeah, no right now, but I always – and for some reason in the playoffs, I just focus more on it because they take away your strengths in the playoffs. So you got to be able to go to something else. Right. Most time in the regular season, I can get to my strengths in my game. So I don't settle a lot because I know I can get to my strengths. So, you know, with Rondo being an unbelievable passer and playmaker, I know I have to work on that side even more, get more comfortable with it because the passes he's able to make, you got to be ready to shoot those, you know. So I'll work on it. And if it presents itself, a coach say, D, shoot it. 
then I'll shoot it. Yeah, you're not going to be shy about that. I want yeah. to ask you about USA Basketball. I told Mike Krzyzewski that you were going to be joining me, and his eyes just lit up, talked about your intelligence on the court, and said back in 08, your ability to accept your role to come off the bench, he said you were like a bullet for this team, leading the squad in scoring eventually the gold in Beijing. What are your memories of playing for the red, white, and blue? I mean, it's, this is, you know, I was talking to Jimmy today in the locker room about this. This is the best experience that, you know, one of the best experiences he's ever going to have. Um, to be, you know, in a locker room, in a practice uh, gym with some of the greatest players in this game, the way y'all compete against each other, the way you can pick their brain, and it doesn't matter who gets the headlines. This is Olympic teams. You are one of the best players in the world. So go out there and just do whatever you can. I had the ability to play on. Look at the team I played on 2008. I mean, I took my role. I accepted my role. And in that, I was able to still shine. So with, with success, you're still able to do the things that you want to do individually. And that's the same mentality I have during my basketball season. That's why I've always been able to play with certain players because I know if we win, if we have success, we all get what we want eventually anyway. Well, you have the itch. You want to get back out there? I actually do. I actually do. <laughs> hey, Dwayne Wade, congratulations. Welcome back to Chicago. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. That was Dwayne Wade talking during halftime of the U.S. versus Venezuela. This was the game on Friday, exhibition game in Chicago. And it was the same day as his press conference introdu- introducing him as a Chicago Bull. Now, one of the big things that he said that he didn't want to have any controversy, whether or not him or Jimmy Butler, whose team this was, this is Dwayne. This is not Dwayne Wade's team. This is Jimmy Butler's team. Wade is coming in there as somebody just to help out, just to be a role player in a sense. And we know how unselfish he could be. He was like that in in uh, Miami when bringing over the big three. I think it's great for Wade. He's getting the respect he deserves, and he gets to go home. So that's the uh, biggest thing that that you could really just think about. And like I said, a, a great, just a great thing. Um, I'm still looking for information. I'm getting different reports now. This is baseball wise that this Mets deal is official, that the Mets will be acquiring uh, Jay Bruce. I'm still waiting for official word from someone here, but uh, it looks like that's going to go down. So uh, we'll see what happens. I've heard injury concerns could be something holding it up, but uh, we will see once it officially goes through. Um, Check my Twitter, at Ed Easton Jr. I'm going to be tweeting it out. It should be uh, very interesting to see how the Mets make their adjustments because it's let's be honest it's a win now mentality for the Mets they've been building for years they have the right squad they were a couple of games away from being champions last year they want to win so uh, we'll see we shall definitely see what the Mets and uh, we should definitely see what the future brings with uh, all these teams after the MLB trade deadline I want to thank everybody for tuning in today uh, it's another great show, and uh, stay tuned as always. This was the 50th episode of Sports Social. I'm going to thank everybody for helping to keep this show going and for just letting it be what it is in terms of more of a grassroots look at what's going on in sports. Um, just letting uh, this type of program still exist out here in the world today in media. So 50 episodes, I'm proud of it. Looking forward to 50 more as well as a lot of big changes on the way that I can't wait to discuss, and we will discuss here on Sports Social. Thanks again, as always, to Soundcast FM. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton. Until next time, everybody, have a good one.
gods if he does. 